and we're going to share something today. You know, I've, um, aren't, aren't you grateful for the, the presence of God in your life? And you know what I'm, I'm so grateful for is, is um, it's not static. It's not something that's just religious. He's actually real. And uh, I, I find this the older I get that um, I'm going to need some help from you, Ryan. Um, if you, I'll just give you cues if you want to put that first one up there. There's this wor- word that uh, comes up a lot of times in the Old Testament, but it's also in the New Testament. And it just talk, it, it's this word acknowledge, acknowledging God. And there's, there's both sides of it that are, are talked about in the scriptures uh, about somebody that doesn't acknowledge God and somebody that doesn't. It, it can sound kind of simple. But I want to just dive into this word acknowledge a little bit here this morning because, I, you know, I've, I've been wanting to do this myself with God. It's kind of been, uh, uh, it's like, not coming in with any agenda necessarily, not coming uh, into his presence or uh, an acknowledgement of his presence with anything other than, God, you're amazing. I just, I just want to, I want to accept how great you are right now. I want to observe how great you are. But I want to, I want to see that there's more to it than just what we might expect of acknowledging. You know, I, I've, I've got some examples here. You know, I, I wrote in the bulletin here this morning. So these notes are actually in the app this morning. They're also on our webpage if anybody's online, if you'd like to, to, to get in the notes there. Um, but I, I was thinking about it this way. How many, you know, I, I've been in Austin for quite a while now. And uh, it's amazing to me how you can, even right down the street from us, there can be a business uh, a restaurant even that I've driven past ever since I've lived here and I never noticed it. Have you, have you ever had that happen to you? Am I just being weird here this morning? <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've had that happen before, you know, and, and in particular, there's an example for me because I like Guitar Center because Guitar Center has all this, this music equipment, you know, and, um, and, uh, so I've gone to, there's one over on Anderson Mill. You know where that's at? Anderson Mill, and what is it, Burnett, I think? Uh, Anderson Mill and Burnett over there. I've gone to that one several times. And I've actually done a lot of work in that area too. I did a lot of roofing work and done, did some other things. And so I've driven past that intersection so many times. And um, I, uh, I didn't know about this one particular store until I did a Google search for this, this camera item that I needed. And I found out where this was. And it was right across the street from Guitar Center. <laughs> Never seen it before. Didn't know it was there. And, and really, all I was needing, uh, all I was needing was just that one item. All I was needing uh, was just a, a particular item that I could have probably bought off of somebody on the street or something, you know. But uh, I found it in the store. What I found out is when I went into that store, it didn't just have that item I needed. It had a whole lot more. I mean, they had some specialists in there that could give you all kinds of insight on all kinds of stuff, you know. But I would have never known that until I had a need. I searched for it, and I found it, but I found a whole lot more. And, I, and I, 
there's a, there's a real correlation for that in, in finding God. Because, you know, a lot of times, how many times do we just drive right on past God, going somewhere else until we have a need? I have a better example. Okay, well, she's going to talk about herself here a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, when I met my husband, he was 26 or 7, I think. And I was screaming by in life. He was screaming by, <laughs> not knowing that he needed a wife. <laughs> he didn't think he needed one. He thought he was self-reliant, self-sufficient, and he and his guitar. And then all I thought I needed was a kiss. Yeah, well. <laughs> and so, you know, we started singing together. That's how we got, we started getting together. We, people started having us, well, we sang in church together, but then we started singing for weddings. So our dates were literally to sing, to practice for a wedding. And then I started, um, y'all probably heard this a little bit, but it's okay. I'll, it, it's funny. It bears Some repeating. of them haven't heard Some it, of you so. haven't. But I, I, I'm a nail tech. I used to do nails. That's why I have my nails. I know you're jealous because I can do my own. <laughs> I didn't have to wait on the, on the salons to open. I can do my own. But anyway, um, so I used to do nails uh, for a living full-time and because he's a classical guitarist, he, if you notice those four ugly things that he's got, <laughs> it's not because of my work. They have to be a certain structure and the way they have. He's, he First time he came to me, he said, I need them done this certain way. And I was fully confident I could do it. And he said, let me show you how. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm the one that has the, the nail tech license here. You're not going to show me. I'm going to show you how to do it. But anyway, so I started doing his nails for for uh, playing the guitar. And so that's kind of how we, we started getting together. It was nails and singing. Go figure. But he didn't think he needed a wife, and he didn't think he wanted one. And then all of a sudden, he stopped by and found out that it's a good thing. And I found way more than a, I thought what I was getting. He that findeth a wife uh, findeth a good thing. I'm still finding out more. Yes. And it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, so actually I went through little background on that. I, I went all through college as a classical guitar major without these fancy uh, sculptured nails, with my That's natural me, nails. So I, I mean, nails. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was super gluing toenails on there and all kinds of stuff to get her done, you know. And so when, when I found out you could do this kind of stuff, I mean, this is really hunky-dory. I mean, you can, you can go out and be a man and dig in the dirt and your nails don't come off, you know. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear men talking like that too much, do you? <laughs> but but as long as you're gnarly enough, you know you're all right. Uh, so, so he recognized the need for yes, me. Yes, <laughs> and and I and I sought her out, and I and he's still recognizing the need. Yes, and, and, after and, 33 years. Yeah, and, and you know that that's true. Uh, if, if in relationships, a lot of times we we think we have them all figured out, and. Uh, if you approach that spouse, if you approach that person as if, I like doing that sometimes just like it's a brand new thing, you know, it's a brand new experience. Sometimes <laughs> See there? it is it brand new. It just happened new. again right in front of you. Okay. <laughs> you never know what color you're going to get. <laughs> but but I want to look at, the, at this process of acknowledging because it's used in the word a lot and, and I, and I want to see, um, I want to see how we can maybe embrace it in a way that's going to make our relationship. I know some of us here, you know, you might have known the Lord your whole life, but it, it needs to be fresh. 
It needs to be real. It needs to be, what are we, what are, what is our encounter with God? Is he far away or, or, or is, is he real close? You know, and what are we experiencing in him? So I just want to dive into this a little bit, get, draw some, some truth out from the word that has to do with it. So my first, uh, if you could, if you could pull up that next slide, Hunter, um, so just the word acknowledge has two, you, you could put two words together. You could say to acquire knowledge, okay? So, so when you're going to find out something, you, there, there's the process of first just being exposed to it. The simple acceptance of an existence. And I want to call it, so there's going to be three R's. Can we do three R's here? So you just have simple recognition of existence. You have to find out that the store's there. I had to recognize that she was alive and wonderful. Yes. Still recognizing. <laughs> but you know how it is. There has to be that first discovery of their existence even. But I think there needs to be a continual discovery of existence. A recognition of presence that's apart from what they're going to do for you. That's just that they're there. You know, you, you, I, I think, you know, there's that just, God, you're there that has to take place. And then you're going to, once you see who they are, it's not enough to just know that somebody's there. You're going to have to find out something about them. And so that is the respect you gain when you gain knowledge. This is going to happen with God. And then there's going to be an influence that that knowledge of him has upon you. And that's going to be your response. So anytime there's acknowledgement that takes place in the natural, you know, <laughs> it's not enough just to know that that store's on your street. You're not really acknowledging it until you stop and find out what they have. And then it does something for your life. That person in your life. Carolyn finally met Hops. <laughs> Hops, the final stops, right? <laughs> yes. So we've, we've already seen a, a side that we're going to go to a little bit more going forward. But, I, you know, sometimes when, you, when you're considering whether or not you should have something, you need to know what it's going to be like if you don't have it. You know? Um. So let's look at, at what it means to, uh, to not acknowledge from the word of God, because there's that also. Um, let's go to uh, Psalm 50, uh, 53.1. And, and, you know, if, if for the person that, that doesn't want to go there, and, and partly why this is hitting me so much is, is I think there's a big reason why America's in the fix we're in right now. And I think it has much more to do uh, with our... Lack of acknowledging God. Uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, there was just a, a natural tendency, even in the government, for there to be recognition of God. Yeah. Now you're, you're a, a corrupt politician if you say, God bless America, you know. <laughs> and, and things have changed in that regard. When, even in this time right now, there's, I'm so thankful for our president and vice president where they're actually quoting scripture. And, you know, there's, there's some acknowledgement of God. <laughs> But as a whole, there's a, there's a tendency for us 
to say, let's just, in fact, I see it in the headlines all the time. Science is our answer here. And you know what? It's, it's not. God is our answer. You know, even if they come up with some kind of solution that's going to be helpful, God is the healer. If they, I, I thought about a vaccine. You know what a vaccine does? It triggers a natural thing that God has put inside of our bodies to fight off sickness. Isn't that amazing? And yet they want to give all the glory to Governor Cuomo for all his ingenuity, you know. And no, no. God gives us the wisdom. He gives us all of it. But there's a necessity for there to be an acknowledging of it. And if you don't, and this is the danger, especially in America. But, you know, I want to say, God, help me with this. I don't want to just be pointing fingers and they're a bad bunch out there, but I want to say, God, help me to not go there myself. Help me to be a, not going to God thinking I already know all about him. You know, go to God with like a clean slate. God, God I just want to recognize that you're real. I, I, I want to say, open the eyes of my understanding to see you in a real and a fresh way. Amen? Because... The fool says in his heart, who wants to be called a fool? I don't want to be called a fool. There is no God. I don't believe anybody is here are saying that there is no God. But we can disregard him if we're not careful. Just by not acknowledging him in some areas of our life. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. So there's this connection that we're going to find that's a a common theme throughout all of this is that when you are acknowledging God, there's going to be a good that comes out of you that reflects that, that's necessary. So let's go to this next one. Um, Jeremiah 9.3 says, uh, you can only spread lies. For that person that doesn't acknowledge God, they don't have the ability to perceive and to know the truth. They make, their, make ready their tongue like a bow to shoot lies. Isn't that an interesting analogy? They're shooting lies. They're, what happens to arrows when they're shot? They land somewhere to inflict damage and pain, right? It is not by truth that they triumph. So there's an implication that you can look around the earth and even right now there's a lot of prosperity even in our country that isn't necessarily just because, just because somebody's successful does not mean that they know the truth. And yet they become successful. We have, we have movie stars. We have, we have athletes. We have musicians, politicians, because they become successful. They all of a sudden think they can spout off. Actually, they're, they're a bow sending arrows of lies. If they're not coming from the truth that comes from God, right? So if you're not actually acknowledging God, if you're not even, even, even saying that he exists, you're a fool and you cannot tell the truth. They come from one they go from one sin to another. They do not acknowledge me, declares the Lord. Let me just interject something. Yes. Cuz somebody might say, well, I know some people that are, you know, they're not saved or they don't acknowledge God. 
and they're good people. And they tell the truth. They say good things. But I think what this is saying here is that it's you're not capable of speaking things that are according to the word, the truth being the word, the truth of the word. There's And so when people talk about, just like what you were saying, Hollywood, musicians, different people that are successful, they're talking from a wisdom that is of the world. There's a wisdom of the world and there's the wisdom from God. And they don't under, they don't know they're being deceived themselves. They don't know themselves that they're deceived. Does that make sense? When you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived until somebody tells you you're deceived, you know? Um, and the problem with that is it takes humility to come to God. The word says that he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So, when we acknowledge God, there's a humility in that. And so we are able to function and flow from that wisdom that he gives. Because there's a correlation there in James that talks, I won't get into it, but, but wisdom from above. And there's a humility there. And so I think what's happening in this scripture is there's no humility. There's pride. There's the world's wisdom, not God's wisdom. And so there's words coming forth from their own heart because it's not been renewed and and given to God. So they're yeah, speaking truth, but it's it's not the truth of God. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and I think the, the real point from that scripture is that um, success doesn't equal truth. That's so good. you can have people that aren't successful that don't know how to speak the truth yeah. too. It's, it's, it, the, the point is the lack of acknowledgement of God right. uh, doesn't equip you to speak the truth of God. Right. And... Right. Um, and, uh, and that's that's the temptation. We want to follow somebody that's successful. We think that just because they've been successful, that that we we can listen to what they say, not not when it comes to the things of eternity, right. not, the, not the things of eternity. Well, and there's a whole another yeah. teaching. I, I won't get into it, but the devil will help people be successful to keep them on the wrong side. You know, yeah. I remember Hayden used to ask me all the time, "Why are why are all these people?" these musicians and these rock and rollers because he was, you know, wanting to be one at one time. Why can they be a success? Why can they live like they want to live? And they've got all the money they need and everything in their life. And I said, well, that's because the enemy, the devil has enabled them to be who they are, but you're responsible and accountable for what you know. You know, the word, you know, what's right. And once you've heard it, you're accountable. You, you will walk out here knowing the truth and you're going to be accountable for what you know. Yes. You have to live that way. So, and, and I'm just drawing a few things out, especially from the Old Testament here that talk about this, about, and, and then we're going to see out of the New Testament where it speaks of it also. But in Hosea, um, he, he talks about how um, people actually are, are turning their back on God, just not acknowledging uh, him at all. And what it does, when, when your actions start to define your life, and they're obviously opposite of God and the knowledge of God. They begin to prohibit you. Pastor Kim referred to this. It, it's going to require humility because you know how it is when you, when you start following after a certain thing, you, your, your identity is associated with it. Right. To where you almost get to where you cannot choose right now because it would mess up your reputation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, 
So I think that's what he's talking about here in Hosea 5.4. Their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. It's like, I would have to admit that I'm wrong. And that is what you have to do. That's what coming before God is. And we'll, we'll see this. This is really good. A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. So when I was looking at this, a, a spirit of, what, what, what is a spirit of prostitution? That's where you're, you're willing to give up your own body, your own life, in order to exchange it for something else, right? You're, you're, you're willing to give up a relationship you've been given with God through Christ for something that is a compromise. It's just something that will pacify you for a little while, right? So let me do my statement now that we've read that. I think it will make it a little bit more clear. So a lifestyle will prohibit recognition of God, and it exchanges own life uh, for a compensation that is temporal. All right? So let's look in, in the, the New Testament, how it refers to it there. There's a spiritual test that will also indicate whether uh, somebody has been acknowledging God. First uh, John 4, 2. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. So what happens for the person... And this isn't judgment time. This is just where are we time, you know? So the, 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 uh, the resistance to, the, to Jesus coming in the flesh, what does it mean Jesus came in the flesh? That means he was the son of God in flesh. And it also implies that he died and rose from the grave. Um, there has to be that except, and it's actually a spirit, there will be a spirit that's associated with that. And for the one that, that embraces, if Jesus came in the flesh back then, he's, he's in the spirit right now, in this place right now. Amen? We can acknowledge that. So, I, so just some things. What does it mean to not acknowledge God? Well, it's going to have some devastation for that person. They're going to be a fool. They're not going to be able to speak the truth or live the truth. They're not going to be able to, uh, to know the blessings of God in their life. And they're going to give up a very precious treasure for something that is passing, temporal. So what does it mean to acknowledge, though? And, and I was thinking about it this way again, like... Uh, uh, Oftentimes when we come to God, we, we even refer to it this morning and, it, and it's very, uh, very valid. When, even, even right now, if somebody talks about praying, what are they talking about? Let's pray for, the, for the, the care workers. Let's pray for this. Let's pray for that. And it's, it's talking about maybe not really a, a prayer, but just like a, a wish. This, the people will be okay, kind of, you know. Uh, but a lot of times, even when we're coming to God, so we're going to talk about what it means to come to God. We're going to come to him, and initially, we're going to be drawn to him by a need in our life. 
Is that right? So I, I discovered that store, that, that camera store over on Anderson Mill because I had a need in my life. I discovered it that. And so I started searching for how I was. That's how we discover God most of the time. We have a need in our life. We have a loss. We have a sickness. We have a care worker that we need to talk to God about that needs to be prayed for. They need to be protected. We need to, we need to pray. So we come to God and what is that? Now, I, I'm just, let's, let's just break it down a little bit. That's just, that's just coming to the great I am, the creator of the universe, with one little thing that we want from him. We're not, we're not necessarily concerned about him. We just want something from him, right? And you can get a whole nation to pray in when we have some, when we have some uh, airplanes fly into skyscrapers in New York, can't you? You can get everybody, people that never have talked to God in years, get on their knees and start praying. Why? (laughs) Even now, people are praying. And what are they praying for? They're going, oh, it's down to this. We don't have an answer, so let's talk to God. Now, here's what's very wonderful about this, is that is the beginning of knowing God. That is. You have to just acknowledge that he's there. What happens for somebody that's praying? Well, they're acknowledging that God's there. Or they're recognizing that God is there. Right? That's the first step. And actually, I think it becomes, it needs to become a continual step. God, you're there. Because sometimes you can get past that moment and you can start saying, now I'm going to turn this into a religion. If I do this, you do this. If I do this, you do No, he's just the great I am. And we're coming. First of all, there's a need in our life. And he says, I'm the meter of needs. You know, Jesus went around the earth healing all that were sick. Can you believe that? All that were sick. <laughs> Except for like in his hometown where they knew him too well. Because they couldn't believe it there. He couldn't do any, any work there because they, they couldn't believe him because they knew him. They said, oh, he's just the carpenter's son. But why did he do that? And, and he went around. There was a purpose for that because he wanted people to begin to acknowledge God. And it's the first step. They say, wow. You know, that's what I'm looking forward to. You know, we have that already going on here, I believe. God's at work in our midst. Where God does sing. It's, it's, it's things that make you go, wow, there is a God. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's very necessary. I, I don't require that in my life because I believe in God now. But there's a lot of people that still need something. Jesus said, I did these signs. Can't you believe in me for the signs that I did? He actually said that, Right? Why is that necessity? We have to become impressed with God at some point. We have to get our gaze turned. You know what happens to somebody that's praying for, to be healed or, or, or for a, a provision in their life? For a moment, they're turning away from the problem and turning to the answer. Amen? What is that? That's the, the beginning of acknowledging God. It's not all of it. And we'll see this, okay? Isn't this good? So, to acknowledge it often happens when there's a need. 
simply consider, give attention to, it actually requires faith. How many notice this in your own life? When you go to talk to God, it's like you can't see him. God, show up. (laughs) Don't you get jealous of these people? You know, they have Jesus show up at the foot of their bed or something. You know, it's like, well, that would really be nice. But our relationship with God is one that is is faith. And what is that? That's believing in something that you can't see. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. What happens when when you just begin to approach God in prayer at all? First of all, all you're doing is saying, God exists. And you know what? This never stops for however long you know God. There's a rekindling every time. That's why we praise the way we do. We stir up this knowing that's inside of us. That first of all, he just exists. Amen? But then this, the, the, the rest of this goes into what happens when you begin to just, just accept the possibility that there is a God. What's happening is your eyes are being turned up to there. <laughs> Instead of driving by, you're pulling into the parking lot. You say, I've got to see what, what this is about. What happens when that takes place is you can begin to find out who God is. Not just what he's going to do for you. Who God is. And this is very necessary. To acknowledge God is not to just get something from God. To acknowledge God is to, first of all, realize that he exists. That might happen initially from a a need. But it will open up the possibility of actually knowing God. Isn't that amazing? And that's what he wants to do. You know, there's a reason for miracles, signs, and wonders. It's for us to... To not just get stuck on the miracle signs and wonders, but for us to go on to the amazing God that can do anything. (laughs) All right. Uh, To give attention to God is to seek and discover him and to embark upon knowledge of him. Okay. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me. With how much of your heart? All of your heart. And this is where we're going to go to here today. Because when you begin to acknowledge God, it's, you're not just going to get something from him. You're going to discover him. And what? there's a scripture that talks about this. Remember the scripture says, uh, beholding the glory, you're changed. When you begin to discover and actually know God, not just know about him, but know him. It will change every part of you. Not just the part you think that needs help right now. Amen? So, this first part of just acknowledging or just recognizing that he exists, then there starts to be a seeking of him. And there, the seeking of him will be an intense one. That takes up all of your heart. Amen. It's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like us. My mom liked, liked this statement. She said. Uh, Love is blind but the neighbors aren't. You know. 
And my, my sisters would drive up at the front of the house, you know, with their boyfriends out there. And, and you know, they like to tarry in the car a little too long out there. And so she, she's, she goes start flipping the light switch, letting them know that love is blind, but the neighbors aren't. Uh, <laughs> There, there's something that happens when you become infatuated with something that you're going to get. You become blind to other things. And that's what happens when you begin to acknowledge, a part of acknowledging God. It will take up your heart to the place where you're not being impressed by other things. Amen? You know, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this, we, we kind of got started on it last week talking about holiness, you know, and about how that, that this is a necessary part of where we need to, to be if we're going to expect God in, in our midst. Amen? And this is going a little bit further. Just, man, let's, let's, let's know God. Amen? So this next one is, yeah, did you have something? Can I say something? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let her in once in a while. And then I'm going to turn her loose here in just a little bit. So no, okay. get ready because <laughs> she turns loose really good. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I just was thinking, um, I, I wrote this down. Part of acknowledging God in all of our ways is conforming our ways so that they bring glory to God. And, um, you know, I have this saying, what you behold is what you become. And, you know, we can see that in the world society today. The world has decided to take, you know, three steps away from acknowledging God in everything. We've taken prayer out of schools Let's take God's name out of, you know, God bless America. Oh, we can't say God bless America. You know, there's so many things, areas that we've taken steps back away from God. And, you know, and now we're beholding something else instead of beholding him. And scripture talks about it. We're beholding ourselves, basically. The selfie world that we're living in, it's all self-consumed. It's what I want. And so we become so consumed with ourselves and what we want and what we need to do and driven by what's in us that all of a sudden what we've conformed to is just what what is driving our passion within us is driving us rather than the passion that God has within us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, because each and every one of us here have, God has a purpose and a plan for our lives, but how are we ever going to know what that purpose or plan is if we don't take time with him? And find out what he has to say about our lives. If we're just, you know, on our journey, on our road, doing our own thing, and we're never beholding him, we're just beholding all the benefits of the world that we live in and being so consumed with, you know, making money or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, you know, something happens, some tragedy or, or the world stops because of a virus. Let me just tell y'all, I, I came across an article the other day. Christianity has seen viruses before all the way back to the Bible days. And we've not been moved before. We're not going to be moved now. Amen. Because we have an answer. Amen. The answer is Jesus. We don't have to be moved by fear. Y'all. We are only moved by what the word of God says, but that's a whole sidetrack. But I just, I just, again, the part of acknowledging God in all of our ways is conforming our ways so that they bring glory to God. And there are so many levels that this can be, you know, we can talk about this. I won't get into it because I know he has a lot more, but, uh, or a few more things, but, um, you know, just some, on some practical levels, how we're treating each other. Not yet. yet. He's told me not yet. Okay. But, um, it's important. Think about 
what you're doing, your actions, what you're saying, what's coming out of your mouth, what you're looking at, what you're beholding. Are you bringing glory to God in your life? Amen. Amen. I just want to. Okay, go. Well, <laughs> push, push actually, pause, I got inspired by something she was saying. You know, I don't like getting into this idea of we're going to have a new norm. Uh, because our norm has already been established upon the rock. <laughs> so, you know, we might have to make a few adjustments here and there, but no, our norm is, is, is unmoving. Aren't you glad for that? Yeah. That, that, that our God is, is, is not, uh, he, he's not a shifting sand. <laughs> our, our house is built on the rock. Um, yeah, and, I, and I'm going to get, uh, we're, we're headed towards more of what, what she was referring to, too. But I, I wanted to, to look here, before you get to the transformation of, of who you are, when you, when you first see God, you see him as a provider. You see him as, as somebody that's going to do something for you. But when you find him, you find him, and you start, when you really find God, and this is why it's not all that common. You can't just say that everybody knows God. Because people that really know God are not just going to know him as a buddy and a big guy upstairs. <laughs> you know who God is? He's an almighty God. Yeah. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord. And I'm going to look at fear and just, a, it, I think it it's really makes sense because you, I think there's a very much a, a necessity of fearing, well, you know, the Psalms, David would talk about, about how there was rumbling and thundering and, and you know, and how the, 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 the seas are, you know, churning and all this. That doesn't make me feel like just reverence. That, that, that's actually some like real-time fear stuff, right? <laughs> Compared... He, he is this. He, he, he conquers all of his enemies. There's nobody that, that, that uh, can get past God. Amen? We don't, we don't trick him. We don't get by with anything. And there really is a hell. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is wisdom? How you're going to conduct your life. And the knowledge of the Holy One. The what one? The Holy One is understanding. So, you need to first just acknowledge that He exists. Open up and pray to Him even. But what are you going to find when you really find God? You're going to find a Holy God. You're going to find the Almighty God. You're going to find a God that shakes things. Amen? Now, the wonderful thing about this almighty God, all-shaking God, well, let's look at one more here. Um, Hebrews 12, 28. Man, this is a, this is a scary one. Uh, can, y'all, can we just have some fear of God together here this morning a little bit? Because he's sweet. He's wonderful. But you know what? He's to be feared. And not just in a, in a calm, reverential, uh, getting in a holy voice way. Maybe not that at all. But maybe, maybe more like, oh God, 
I can't even stand in your presence. You're holy. Amen? But when you do that, you're not just getting a, well, I mean, I get ahead of myself. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly, what? Fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Huh. That's not the side of God everybody wants to look at. But if you're going to know God, that's who you're going to know. Here's what's so important about this. How many know God's good? How many know, don't you like to say, God is good all the time? And then we like to sing about God is good and his mercies endure forever. And they are. But you know who, who that means the most to? The, mo- the one that fears him the most. Because they know that they need his mercy. They need his goodness. Amen. Amen? Because none of us are righteous enough to come before a most holy God unless he's an also merciful, good God. Amen? The goodness of God gets magnified the more the fear of God is recognized. Amen? How powerful, mighty, but merciful and good. Who are we finding when we acknowledge God? Just the giver of every good thing? No, he's a, he's a holy, shaken, creating, fire-consuming God that is also most loving, most merciful, most good. Isn't that amazing? How those things juxtaposed together get magnified. Amen? Psalm 145.9. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Who are we finding when we find God? Amen. He's a good God. And that takes us here. Romans 2.4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? Okay. Paul's talking and he's talking to people that are becoming judgmental of over other people. As if there's a right to, to be condemning of somebody else. And he says, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? Not only is God a consuming fire, but he is also rich in mercy. What are we discovering when we acknowledge God? That he is rich in mercy, way beyond our deserving of his fire. Amen? Forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is in Intended to do what? To lead you to repentance. What is so necessary if true acknowledging of God is going to be complete? You're going to have to turn from something else if your whole heart is going to be on him. Amen? Amen? This isn't about you having to give up some precious things. Well, they might be precious. But they're nothing compared to what you're going to. You begin to acknowledge God and the other stuff cannot help but fall off. Amen? With overwhelming honor. So the more you fear God, the more you receive of his goodness and his mercy in your life. What are you doing? 
you're respecting who he is, not just what he does, who he is. That's honor. That's honor. And with honor will come, this is amazing. (laughs) The more you honor God, the more you'll be drawn into a position of trusting him. Amen. A God that can give you that kind of mercy, you can trust with anything. Right? And then will be the completion of acknowledging because it begins to change who you are. Your response to who he is becomes the completion of acknowledgement. Psalm 910. Those who know your name, who know your name. That's the second part, right? Who, who develop respect for who you are. Not just what you do, for who you are, your name. Have never, uh, uh, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Trust him at all times. You will trust him in all things. And this is where I'm going to turn Pastor Kim loose a little bit here. Uh, because this was the, this was the, 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 the passage that, man, this is where we can go with this. Trust in the Lord. So you see the, the process that's taking place here. You have to get into a place of fear and honor of God before you can get into a position of really trusting him. You've trusted him with your life. Now you can trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own under. Standing. What does that sound like? That sounds like somebody that has been drawn into repentance by the goodness of God. Amen? What is repentance? That's where you're not leaning on your own understanding anymore. You're actually trusting in God. And then, in all your ways, you'll submit to Him. In all your ways. Not just... Here, here, here's the, it's kind of like a, a really good bad habit or a bad good habit or, you know, a habit. It's something that you do it a little bit and you say, I like that. I think I'm going to do it some more. You start to trust in God. It's a good, good habit. You, it will be something you say, that works for that part of my life. I think I'm going to work it on this part of my life too. Because God has a promise for every part of our life. But... For every part, there needs to be that same acknowledging of him that is applied in every area. Where we go and say, hi God, you are amazing. You're an awesome God. Now I'm going to apply you to this part of my life. So where we're not getting beyond the relationship. The the recognizing of his presence. Amen? And he will make your paths straight. Actually, there was another passage that... um, Let's see here. What was that one? Go ahead. I'm going to read the, the Proverbs 3 from the Passion. This isn't in our notes, but I feel like I need to. It's really good. It's very descriptive, and it explains it really nicely. Um, if you truly want a long and satisfying life, how many want a long and satisfying life? I know. Y'all are already on your way. (laughs) 
Never forget the things that I've taught you. Follow closely every truth that I've given you. Then you will have a full, rewarding life. Hold on to loyal love and don't let go. Be faithful to all that you've been given, you've been taught. Let your life be shaped by integrity. Let your life be shaped by integrity. With truth written on your hearts. So when we're trusting God, truth is actually written on our hearts. That's how you will find favor and understanding with both God and man. Both God and man comes. Favor comes with both when you trust the Lord this way. You will gain the reputation of living life well. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. Wow. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you. And he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him. And this is where we're talking about knowing and acknowledging God. Become intimate with him in whatever you do. And he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes from when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Hmm. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body, physical body, and your spirit longs for. There's some really good stuff in that. If you want to go back and read it, Psalms uh, 3, 1 through 8. Glorify God with your wealth. Honor him with your very best and every increase that comes to you. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Uncontainable. I like that scripture that he referred to, Psalm 16. I don't know if he read the whole thing. But 1611, it says, you make known to me the path of life. How does he make known to us the path of life? We have to get in his presence. We have to know him, acknowledge him in everything that we do. And then as we do, he shows us, he directs our path. We went to a John Maxwell uh, session. Conference. Conference, thank you. And there were some things that he said, and I was looking over my notes uh, yesterday. And he talked about living in intentionally, live life intentionally daily. Not just setting goals ahead of you, but every day live an intentional life. He said, everything worthwhile in life is uphill. We have an uphill hopes, but we have downhill habits. You have no shot at success going downhill. But the path of life is intentionally found in his presence. And that is sometimes an uphill climb because, as Pastor Steve said Wednesday, narrow is the way. And few are those who find it. There's a broad way that a lot of people are walking on. But there's a narrow way that we have to get to and find the presence of God there and find the way that he has for us. And be intentional about seeking him, acknowledging him, knowing him. Be intentional daily. And, you know, we were talking about conforming. Let your life conform. There's, there's folks that claim to be Christians and you can tell by their lifestyle and by their habits that there's some compromise and it's not a daily routine. No comprom I'm not condemning anybody, but if we want to be who God's called us to be, and I believe everyone here does, y'all are hungry for what God wants. If we want what God wants for our life, this has to be a daily intentional 
thing for us to pursue uphill. And it's an uphill climb because we live in a world that is, is depleting of life. It's, you know, we live in a, a, a place where obviously Jesus is coming. The world, the earth is groaning for the return of the Lord right now. And uh, so it's important that we make this something that it's easy for us. Some of us have been raised in church. We've known church all our lives. And it's just a part of, of who we are. It's, you can't take it out of me because I've been raised in it. And this is, it's intentional for me, not just raised in it, but it's every day. It's an intentional thing for me to know God. It's intentional for me to want to know his, his voice and to hear his voice every day, to know what he's saying about this hour. God, what's next? God, what do you want for my family? What do you want for my marriage? What do you want for my church, our church? What intentionally do we need to be moving forward in, in this hour right now? And I, I want to just encourage you and maybe provoke you that this hour right now is vital for us to be in the presence of the Holy One and to have an awe and a reverence, a fear for God. Like, you know, I was thinking when he was talking, the fear of God used to be taught years and years ago, and people really had a holy, healthy fear. But now it's not popular. Uh, there's a lot of grace messages and a lot of things, and those are all important and valid. I'm not taking away from those things. But let me just say, it, you should not be comfortable every time you come to church. Because he corrects those he loves. And there's some discipline and some things that we need to be stretched in some areas. And if you come in here and the sermon's a little too long for you, then maybe you need to check your heart a little bit. And I'm stepping into some territory here, but <laughs> we need to find out what am I really hungry for? What do I really want? If I go, if the church goes over an hour and a half, is it okay? It's okay. It really is y'all. We can sit for over two hours in a movie theater, three hours, three hours and be okay. As long as we're feeding our faces, but we come in here and we go past two hours. Oh my goodness. Pastor Steve, you went so long. How many verses did you have? I'm just kind of touching some things here. We need to be hungry for thir and thirsty after righteousness for, especially for the hour that we're in. I don't know about you, but when they said I couldn't come to church, everything within me said, I'm going to church. I got to get to church, not out of rebellion, but because I have a righteous indignation to get into the presence of God, to hear the voice of the spirit, to be connected with the corporate body. And it doesn't happen any other way than when we come assembling together. We can stream online and it's wonderful and it's awesome. And I love the ability to do that. But y'all, we need to be in church together, touching each other's lives. We need the impartation of the spirit. We need the corporate body. We need the, the, the spirit supply that each one of us brings in here. I'm telling you, it's awesome to be up here and to, you know, encourage to uh, blindly to, you know, people out there. I know it's important and it's vital. We've, our family's done t Christian TV since I was a kid. I used to sing when I was 12 on Christian TV. I'm used to doing that kind of thing. It's okay. But it's nothing like coming together and touching each other and speaking into each other's lives and seeing God change somebody's life and seeing some joy come on somebody's face because they got a touch from heaven. Amen. We are not to forsake the assembling together. I know we can sense the anointing everywhere we go because he is here everywhere we go because we're carriers. But the important thing is, is when we're seeking his face, it should make a difference 
in our lives. It should make us want to be together. It should make us want to be in his presence. It should make us want to get out our word and study and find out what do you have to say to me today, God? And if there's not a hungering for the word of God, then I want to shake you and say, come on, what's wrong with you? Because you should be hungering for the word of God every day in your life. You should be hungering. I'm sorry. I'm touching on that. <laughs> I don't know. Praise the Lord. We have got to get back to the basics. This is basic stuff that we're teaching. I, I even asked him, we've got, we've got mature Christians. Is this enough to feed the people that, that we have? Because not that I'm questioning his leadership, but I'm questioning, do are we're, we're mature Christians. Are we hungering enough for what God has for us in this hour? Do we need to stir ourselves up? In our most holy faith, do we need to pray in the spirit more every day? Do we need to say, God, work through me, speak through me, prophesy through me over the future of my life, over my children? What do you have for our church, God? How can I help? Let me be your hands. Let me be your feet. Let me be your voice. Let's not just sit back on the couch and eat popcorn and Cheetos and say, oh, this has been fun. I, I, I'm all about having fun. I'm all about the rest that we've been able to have and the restoration. I'm all about what God's been doing, but there's something else he's getting ready to do. Y'all the harvest is here. And if we're not at least one Oh one seeking God, knowing him, knowing his voice, acknowledging his presence, we're not going to be ready for the harvest. I want to be ready. I don't want to miss out on what God has for us next. And I don't know about you, but are you going with us? Are you going with us? Because I'm ready to see the move of the spirit. I'm ready for signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm ready to see the lost come in. I'm ready to see people turn their lives around. I'm ready to see the anointing saturate our lives. You know, we had that one service. We just had a little dab. It was the service before they said we couldn't meet again. Y'all remember? We didn't even get to preach because the Holy Spirit was so strong in this place. We had a little dab of the Holy Ghost that day. And we were all flat on our faces basically because we were like, oh my goodness, this is the presence of God. Yes. Yes. We should be experiencing that every time, every day. And when we come in, we bring it with us. I'm telling you what, when I go into Target... Nobody there is getting Corona because I'm there and the presence of the Holy one is with me and on me and the anointing flows through me and whatever I touch dispels darkness. And so, yeah, I'm here and you're safe because I'm not because of me, but because of the anointing that's on my life. Amen. Come on, y'all. We don't have to be afraid of this stuff. He's put it under our feet. We have the authority. We need to use the authority of the believer that God's given us. Amen. We've slumped back in our chairs too much and said, oh, whatever, case sarah, sarah, whatever will be. No, not whatever will be. I say what will be because he's given me the authority in his word. And I say that I am healed. I am whole. And I will not be affected by what's going on in this world. We will rise above this and we're going to see a change in our nation. We're going to see a change in our nation. There's people praying right now. I know y'all are praying and we're going to see a stirring like we've never seen. Y'all better get ready. 
because a little dab isn't going to do you. You're going to need a lot more than just a dab. We're going to get a dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So live intentionally. Live intentionally every day. Seek his face. Know his ways. Find out when he just, you know, I, I, this, the Holy Spirit gave me this expression one time. I was getting dressed. This has been years ago. And I was getting ready for service. And, you know, we've been doing this for how many years now? Almost our whole married life. And we were worship pastors in California for a year and a half. Then we were worship pastors in Canton, Ohio for eight years. And I had my third baby, the big one that sits at the piano now, and um, just had him. And I had three kids all together. And we always traveled separately because he had to be there early. I get up and nurse and go to church and be there by, was it seven or eight? I forget. Because that's who I was. Because I was a carrier of the glory and I had a part to play. I didn't miss because that's what I was called to do. I was called to be there. That was my part to play in the kingdom. That was my part to play. I did what I needed to do for my family. But my part to play was to be there, to be by his side and to help others find who God is. See, when we don't feel, fulfill our part, then it's, it's, it's affecting somebody else to find out who God is in their life. And I don't want to miss out on what God has for somebody else because I'm not fulfilling my part and I'm not being where God has me to be. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. He has a place for you to be in the body of Christ. And when you understand who he is in your life, you bring in a power and an anointing that affects everybody around you. Y'all can tell when we walk in, every time we see a new face, it's like, oh, hi. Oh, there's just a newness of life that comes in with every person that walks in that door because they're bringing in God with them. They're bringing in a part of God's heart pieces. My kids were here for when the Corona thing started, they lived with us for three weeks, Haley and Luke and their two kids. And so we were able to get with family quite a bit more often. And, and it was so wonderful as a mom and a father to have all your children together in one place. It's great to be able to see them here and there, but to have them all together at one place. What do you think God feels like when we come together in one place? My children are here. They're together. They're here. And we're and he doesn't, he doesn't need your praise. He just needs you to be a praiser. He doesn't need your worship. He needs you to be a worshiper. He needs you to do that for you. He doesn't need worship. Oh, worship me. No, he needs you to do it because he knows when you step into that place, guess what's happening? You're finding out who God is. You're finding out that he's a faithful father. You're finding out and you're saying some things about him. You're proclaiming, you're declaring like we did this morning. You say some things about how big he is. And all of a sudden, your mind is no longer down here on your problem. You've been lifted up and you're in this heavenly place above everything. And you're finding out who God is. All in the process of being a worshiper. And you know what? He's, he, why man was even created? For, for fellowship. For fellowship. We're created for fellowship. What are we doing here? We're fellowshipping. We're called to be fellowshippers. <laughs> How can we do that? Through the internet. 
I see it as a stop. I'm, t- I'm just going to tell you what I see in my spirit. I see it as a st- an attempt to stop the flow of the power of the Holy Ghost. I know people can be affected right there in their homes, but it, it is nothing like when we're together and we understand who God is together and we bring that power to that supply together and we're impacted by the presence of the Holy One together. And then some things start happening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. It's vital in this hour. We've got a little bit more time, I believe, before things start to break out. But get to know your God. Like Pastor C was saying, we've we've been in this all our lives, and we're still saying, God, I want to know you. I'm here. I want to know you. Talk to me. What do you want to say? Show yourself strong. Who are you today? I don't want to come into his presence with preconceived ideas thinking I know who he is. I know how he flows. I know what he does based on my past. Come on, y'all. We don't need to base anything on our past anymore. He's going to do some awesome things today. Let's, let's embrace today. Let's be encouraged today. Hallelujah. Today is this day of salvation. Amen. And he's doing some awesome things today. Today. Hallelujah. Even though we're in that waiting place in the Coronaville, we're still experiencing God's presence. And I don't say that disrespectfully because I know there's people that have been affected. And I don't want to be, I don't want to um, sh- not show any grace or mercy because people have been affected. And, and we, we have been praying for those folks. But I'm just talking to the church right now. Those of us who know better, we don't need to give in to fear. We don't need to give in to fear and trepidation. We don't need to back off from what we know. We need to use our authority. You need to get your mouth open and start saying some things about who your God is. Amen. Cover your family with the blood of Jesus. Take communion. Speak over your children, over your, over your households. Hallelujah. The greater one is on the inside of us. Hallelujah. We're blessed. We're blessed above and beyond what we could even ask or think. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you will get to know your God more, it will change your life. I have a friend that was um, two years, three years now. She was... uh, her, she had been, how do I say this? She had been in a, an off, on and off relationship with her husband. And there were some things that she could, could have gotten out of, out of it rightfully, but she was trying to hang on. And, um, her husband ended up beating her, almost killed her. It's a long story. I shared it with the ladies. Um, it was really a bad thing. And, um, she had started, she was divorced and had started dating another man, and um, he found out and was jealous. And so the night that he beat her, he drug her into the truck and took her over to the man's house and shot the man seven times through the door. And it's, a, it's just a miracle. That's a long story. I won't go into it. The cops finally got him. He's in jail now. But the man who was shot is now her husband. And has been restored after many surgeries. And it's just an absolute miracle what God has done. 
and my friend. It's just amazing. Anyway, I said that much to tell you she's writing a book. She's writing a book about trusting God and letting go. Because uh, that's partly why she didn't let go of the marriage. She, she wasn't trusting God with some things. So she had written me and asked me if I'd be a sounding board in the process of writing her, her book. And she asked me a few questions. And one of the questions was, how do you, what do you do when you can't trust God? What, and I, you know, I never really thought about these questions too much because I'm always trying to move forward. Trusting God, trusting God, you know. And I think, you know, one of the greatest journeys that we walk through, God taught me that when we trust him, there, there's a rest. And I, I've said this before, but you, you're not really trusting God unless you're resting in him. And you're not really resting until you're trusting. They go hand in hand. And so... In this, we've been talking about trusting the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. There's a lot of things right now that we're really trusting God with. With our nation. With the economy. You know, with the direction of what's next. And there's lots of things that are feeding us. You know, what about the uh, insertion of the, what is that? Well, the chip. What about this? What about that? Why, why is this happening? Why is that happening? You know, and fear could creep in. But the word tells us to trust. It commands us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. And he will direct our path. Well, what happens when I don't trust him? I've been there. You all probably have been too. But when I can go back in my mind and remember the time I was not trusting him, I was in absolute total fear. So much fear that it, my body would shake. And so much anxiety and no sleeping and, and just taking over my life. And all these thoughts were just invading, invading day and night. And I realized that once I shifted over to that place of trust, there is a complete rest in my mind. And there is a complete peace I don't even have to think about tomorrow. Well, the word says that. You know, if he cares for the sparrow, then he'll care for us. So even in this season, that's not a seasonal promise, y'all. It's not when the season is good and right and everything's perfect, you can trust God. No, it's in every season. Right now, in the middle of this virus, in the middle of possible economy issues, uh, you know, the election, all these things, we can trust our God. But how are we going to do that? We've got to know him. We've got to acknowledge him in our every day. Every day, we've got to acknowledge him and get in his word and find out what he's saying and let his hand impress his vision upon your heart so that there's a place of peace and rest for you. Hallelujah. There's a place of peace and rest for each and every one of us today as we know him. You know, it's easy for us to take those steps back like the world has with our everyday common habits, habits, the downhill habits. 
and you know we can become busy and we take a step back and we've got family stuff and we can take a step back and then there's this problem and we're taking a step back and, and then what about this obligation that I have and we take a step back and all these other things we're taking steps back and when you get to that place you can't trust him because you don't know him you don't know him when you're that far away I want to be so close to his voice that when he breathes in to say something, I'm ready to hear what he has to say. I'm ready. Are you ready to hear what he has to say? Are you ready to, I know we know him, but are you ready to know him more? Know him more. I like Philippians 3.10. It's my favorite. It says, my determined purpose is to know him. And to know the power of his resurrection. That's my favorite one because that's my life song. My determined purpose is to know him. That's what my life is for. Is to know him. And to function in the purpose and the plans that he has for me. I can't do anything else. It's who I am. It's what we do. Amen. How about you? If you would bow your heads, please. We want to close and just take a moment just to acknowledge, like we've been talking about, acknowledge our Father. Give an opportunity if anybody here doesn't know him and would like to or you've known him and you'd like to return to him. We just want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father. It's so vital that we are living for him in this hour. We truly are in the last days. And so if you can say in your heart that you know him you know him and you want to know him more I want you to stand to your feet those of you who can say you know him and you want to know him more hallelujah anyone that might not know him and you'd like to We'd like to just open up the, the altar for you afterwards to come. We're here to pray with you. But Lord, I just pray right now. Let's just pray together. Lift our hands. Father, I just pray right now that there would be such a driving force within us, God, to know you more. That our determined purpose, we can be determined about a lot of things, but God, I pray that our determined purpose would be to know you and to know the power of your resurrection, to know the power that's available to us. Hallelujah. Father, we want to seek your face. We want to acknowledge you in everything. God, we want there to be a, a conformity to your will, to your way in our actions, in our life, in our words, in our deeds, in everything that we do, God. We want to bring glory to you. Father, we want to be ready 
We want to be ready for what's yet to come. So, Father, we just set our gaze on you wholly and completely. We are determined, God, that we are going to follow after the voice of the Spirit, that we will walk in the Spirit. We will not walk in the flesh. We will walk after the things that you would have us to, God, that we will set our hand to those things that you've got for us, God, that we will see things like we've never seen before. God, I pray over this body right now that we would have a spirit of seeing and a spirit of knowing for this last hour. That there would be things would become more vivid in our hearts, God. A, an understanding like we've never known before, God. Speak to us. We ask you to speak to us, God. Speak to us through dreams and visions and in the night hours, God. Speak to us. Wake us up, God, if you need to. Get us up so we'll pray. So we'll know you, God, more in a new and living way. Revive us. Revive us today, God. We need reviving, Lord. We need your spirit like never before. Holy Spirit, quicken us. Quicken our hearts. Jolt us, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Hallelujah. Our strength is renewed in your presence today. We love you. We worship you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that's due your name. And we just thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.